Hey ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mel Herbert here. Hey, happy new year. Happy 2020. We made it. Yeah, we made it. It's pretty exciting because, you know, uh, on the big show, the large show, the grand show, the boys and I have been talking about the fact that all of these car manufacturers and battery breakthroughs and everything we've been hearing about for years, 2020 was the day, the date. I mean, it was the date that all of this stuff was going to happen. And uh, now it's 2020. Unfortunately, what we've seen in the last, I don't know, year or so is a lot of people are now pushing their stuff back. And there's a lot of people that are basically like seeding all of this new EV market to Tesla. And we've heard people from GM and other places say, look, uh, we've been building these EVs, but nobody really wants them. And so we're going to sort of pull back a little bit and slow down because, you know, what's the point of building stuff that people don't want? And of course, the great fallacy of that is because you're not building what Tesla's building. Tesla's building cars with over 300 miles range that can be updated over the air and are exciting to drive. And they're not able to make them fast enough. So really what the big manufacturers should be doing is creating a real competition for ICE cars and then they would probably sell a ton, but they have failed to do so. So I'm not looking to 2020 to see a bunch of really exciting Tesla killers. I hate that term. We don't want, we want the other manufacturers to create great cars and for Tesla to be part of the mix, of course. We don't want Tesla to be killed and I don't think it's going to be, but we want these other manufacturers to get their act together because all of these cars, all of them, and the light trucks and the semis have all got to be electrified and the grid has to be greened right up big time. Big time. If you want a depressing book, as in a side note, if you want a depressing book, go uh, read The Uninhabitable Earth, Life After Warming by David Wallace Wells and he will make you depressed, at least in the first few chapters, about the fact that this uh, whole idea that we're going to be able to stop global warming at 1.5 uh, degrees is kind of ridiculous that we're going to get to three or four or five and what a disaster that's going to be. But if you want a fun read, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, go read In Fence of Elitism by Joel Stein. It is a really funny look and very insightful about, uh, you know, how we got to the situation where there is two Americas. There are basically two forms of elitism actually going on, sort of the educated elite and the, uh, what does he call them? The boat buying elite. People that have made lots of money and that are very rich, but like eat Kentucky Fried on their boat and don't read books. So if you're feeling a bit blue and a bit worried, go read In Defense of Elitism. And if you want to get really fired up about all the work we have to do to fix the planet, the uninhabitable Earth. Talked yesterday a little bit about the things that are coming in 2020. And I just uh, saw here on Electric that they are listing the five things that Tesla is going to bring to market. And it may be a little bit different than I said yesterday. So, so you got your Model Y. That's the big thing, I think, for 2020. The huge thing. The large thing. And there's been a lot of sightings of Model Y in the last uh, few months in California and Florida and now in Washington. And it's really interesting that it looks like that the shape of the Model Y has changed since the unveiling. In the unveiling, a lot of people were complaining like, this looks exactly like a Model 3 that's a little bit taller. Well, in the most recent sightings, it looks like that there's been you know a significant change. It looks quite a bit bigger than the unveiling. It looks more like a Model X than a Model 3 at this point, but without the stupid falcon wing doors. 
I'm really excited about that. The fact that uh, this hatchback, it's going to be a little bit bigger. I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of internal storage in that car. They are going to, as I've said, sell a trillion of these. And my hope, my hope for the Model Y is that they put the new battery tech in and they put a 100 kilowatt hour battery in that puppy. So we get somewhere around the magic 400 miles for the long range edition. I don't know if that's going to happen, but mm, I'd like it. The other thing Electric said that you're going to see this year in 2020 is a Tesla Model S refresh and plaid mode. So plaid mode to just do ridiculous uh, amounts of speed. But also, again, with new battery tech, we should be seeing a version that will be over 400 miles range. We're going to see the Tesla Semi. That is the plan. A Semi that has 300 miles range and 500 miles range, although Elon has come out since then, since the unveiling, saying we're going to go better than that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we have a 600 plus mile range version of that semi-trailer and that's 600 miles fully loaded freeway speeds according to the E that is long. We're also going to see new battery technology. Elon's been saying that for a while and then we're going to get the magical million mile battery. There's a couple of things that you know we want to see batteries do and that's increased energy density, lower cost, but also you know be able to cycle it more times without degrading too much. And it seems like we're going to get a bit of all of that. So this magical million mile battery and that million miles probably means you know, that it's not have degraded more than, say, 80 percent, maybe 70 percent. And I don't mean to 80 percent. I mean, by 20 percent. So it's still got 80 percent of its capacity after, you know, a million miles. And they already seem to be on track with the current 2170s and the current chemistries they have. It looks like that over 100,000 miles, you're only going to drop 5 percent something like that in that range. So this million mile battery, it's definitely possible. And then Electric has as number five of the things that is coming this year is the new Tesla App Store. There's a few little apps out there that use sort of an unofficial API, but they haven't released the SDK. And if they do that, then you'll be able to get some really interesting brand new apps and games and stuff. And although personally, I don't really care about the games, I have had actually the opportunity to watch a little movie, or half a movie, while I was charging on a really cold day. Normally what I do when I charge is I go for a big walk and uh, then come back. But in this case, it was freezing outside and I didn't really have prepared for it. So I just, you know, dropped on Netflix and watched a bit of a movie in the car and it was delicious, lovely and delectable. I personally would like to see them this year also do some significant improvements to their own app. Yes, it's great when you really open up your ecosystem to smart programmers that come in with you know really interesting ideas and uh, stuff that you may not have even ever thought of. So I think that's good. But the Tesla app itself, there's just you know a lot of things that I would like to see uh, with that app. For example, some simple stuff like I'd like to be able to schedule the charging in the app and you can't schedule charging in the app. You have to actually go sit in the car. I'd like to be able to see in the app and on the website, you know, real-time data as to what is happening at the supercharger stations. That would be really cool. Like how many are open, how many are closed, what's going on there at the desktop. So I can see it there, but also on the app. And you can kind of in the app, but they've got to do some work on how accurate that is. Because there's been multiple times that I've gotten to on the Tesla supercharger and it says three stalls open, but it's not three stalls open. It's three stalls broken. And they surely have that data. And so I'd like to see that improvement as well, because there's nothing more depressing than you know, blowing past one charger, going to another uh, supercharger station, because it says it's three open, and there is not at all three open. I would really like to be able to do on the app is to say, well, I want to do this trip, but I also want to have these waypoints 
on the app directly would be absolutely huge, big and large and then have the app tell me, okay, here's how long it's going to take and here's how much charging you need to do, that kind of thing, all in the app. Now, the app has gotten you know significantly better over time, but there is just stuff like this and you out there in uh, Elon Daily uh, world could probably come up with you know 100 even better ideas than I've got. And I also understand it's not just as simple as you know snapping your fingers and saying, make the app great and add these 50 things. I have a company and we have an app on Android and an app on iOS. And I know from my own experience, there's a hundred things we like to put in that app. And there's a hundred things that our subscribers want us to put in that app. But it's not so simple. You have to find the people who can program that. And then you've got to do it. And then you've got to support it through two different ecosystems that are very different. At the same time, making sure that they're compatible all the way through different phones and different operating systems. Particularly difficult on Android because there's so many more Android phones and so many more Android sort of versions. Whereas Apple, you know, tends to be a more closed environment and people tend to upgrade. So apps can be difficult, but they're a big company. You'd like to think that they have enough resources to find some really good app developers and push this stuff forward. I've got to say, I've really been enjoying the full self-driving preview in the new Model 3. It sees, you know, bins on the side of the road. It sees cones. It sees sort of even those skinny little pylon things that uh, can be on the side of the roads. It really does an amazing job of rendering that stuff. It's, as a preview of to where we're going, very excited. One of the other things I suspect that we will hear about this year is hardware 4.0 or 3.5 or whatever. Because as fast as this new chip is, I suspect that they, and they've already talked about the fact that they're, you know, they've got their own chipset and this is fantastic. If you can have your own chipset and the chipset people and the software people are talking to each other and they're in the same house kind of thing, this can result in very rapid improvements in speed and technology. As you see with somebody like Apple that now make their own hardware to go with their own software in the phones, you can really speed things along. So I wouldn't be surprised if we hear this year about what's next. Okay, uh, hardware 3.0 is pretty cool, and it's going to be able to do uh, lots and lots of self-driving. But to get true level 5, what we need is hardware 4.0, which will be something like 20 times faster than hardware 3.0. And there was lots of uh, to do about the fact that the Chinese Gigafactory officially pushed off and gave to a customer the first Model 3. Now, I've been a bit confused about this because I thought that had already happened. But apparently what's been happening is that they've been producing all these Model 3s, sticking them in the parking lot. They're doing it at a rate of around 1,000 Model 3s a week, and now they're just starting to deliver. So I thought that we'd get a big bump in the number of deliveries this quarter because China will have delivered, you know, thousands and thousands of Model 3s. But it looks like they made thousands and thousands of Model 3s and are continuing to make them at a rate of about 1,000 a week. But the number of actual sales and money on the books, we're not going to see until the first quarter next year, which actually might be a good thing because, you know, I've said yesterday that I think the first quarter next year is going to be bad because the stock price is overheated and people here in North America don't buy a lot of cars in the winter. And so it's always traditionally the worst quarter. So pushing some of this goodness from China into the uh, first quarter next year might be good for the old stock price, if nothing else. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name's Mel but the show is Elon Daly. It's part of the Talking Tesla network of shows. It's 2020. Can you believe it? It's 2020. I remember as a young boy, the Prince song, Party Like It's 1999, seemed like it was so far away, so into the future, it was just ridiculous. And now it's 2020. That's right. We're old. I'm getting older. 
It's upsetting. Oh, and I got a little voicey-voicey email from Matt Obadiah. And uh, here's Matt. Talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Mel. Um, this is Matt calling from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Um, I drive a lot in my car. I got it in May, end of May, and it has uh, nearly 60,000 kilometers on it. And uh, this is just a few tips for EV drivers and people who want to waste less uh, plastic and uh, paper cups and stuff like that. So um, I was at the gas station yesterday just uh, picking up some food and I noticed that uh, they had a um, refillable, basically you go there and you fill up your windshield washer bottle uh, rather than buying a new one. So that's great and it actually is uh, cheaper so that's great um, I also keep a uh, 12 volt to 110 or 120 volt adapter in uh, my center console so that um, if I know I'm gonna be in the car all day um, I grab paper filters and I grab um, coffee grinder grab my beans I grab a plastic filter so um, that I can drain it through and a 12 volt kettle and uh, I'm good to go to make myself some coffee. So I'm wasting less paper, saving some money, and um, yeah, that's it. So those are two tips for uh, saving the planet one step at a time.